We got some folks that's usually not here on Wednesday nights, and I am so thrilled they're here tonight. Revelations 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Let's read that one verse together. Ready? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach on as we think in this thought of building our own biblical standards. Attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Let's pray. That's Lord David Buchanan. How about you praying, buddy? Amen. You be seated. The first step towards setting our own biblical standards requires cultivating a right attitude. Charles Swindoll said, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on my life. It is more important than education, than money, than circumstances than failures, than successes, than whatever anyone might say or do. It is more important than appearances, giftedness, and skill. The remarkable thing is that we have the choice to create the attitude we have for that day. We cannot change the past. We cannot change the way people act. Say amen right there. We cannot change the inevitable But the one thing we can change and the only thing we can have control over and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what actually happens to us and 90% of how we react to it. For certain, without it, you will learn and it'll be to no avail. I believe it must be the quest of every Bible student to to truly have an attitude. But what kind of attitude should we have? I'd like to introduce you to one tonight. And it's from the Word of God, and I'll explain this more. So my prayer tonight that this word here would find a lodging place. For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. So everything has been created to please God. You and I have been created to please God. No matter what else we may accomplish in life, if we fail to please God with our life, 
We are a failure. But if we fail at everything else in life and please God, then we're a success. What makes God smile? What would delight His heart? We were created to please God. The Bible is very clear. Why do we exist? To please God. And when I read the Bible, it becomes very evident. All through it, he gives us clue after clue and the means and instruction and and help on how we can please him. I know this is really going to be a shock to some. I'm not to please myself. Romans 51 when we then that are strong ought to please the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. I've heard people say this, well, God wants me to be happy. No, God wants you to make Him happy. Byproduct of that is you will be happy. That should not be a goal of life. I'm not to please men. Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. He said, we're not to please men. Now I may help my neighbor, but even doing that shouldn't be a motive of pleasing God. But what does that in the world have to do with building my own biblical standards. Well, it needs to be the motivation. It needs to be the reason why you ought to have biblical standards. The number one reason you do what you do and have standards is first and foremost to please God. You may not please a lot of others, but if you please God, that's truly all that matters. So tonight, with the help of God, I want to show you this process. Now I want you to listen, and because I, I, I truly believe it, there's, I'm going to be gone one of these days. The old heads around here are going to be gone one of these days. And the next generation, if they have not learned how to have their own biblical standards, they're going to be in a mess. They're going to be in a mess. So we need to learn how to build our own Biblical standards, all right? So if you've got your hand out there, I've got mine somewhere. I think maybe I lost it. All right. Number one, notice I'm I'm not to please uh, myself. I'm not to please me. Number one, uh, we need to establish this. God's Word, how many's got your Bible, by the way? Got your sword? Praise God. By the way, this book is not a book of rules. It is a book of principles. 
God's Word is a book of principles. Um, have you ever read in the book where it's a sin to smoke pot or wacky weed or devil lettuce or whatever you want to call it? Have you read, read that in the book? No. As a matter, as a matter, someone said one time, preacher, what, what's it say anything in the world, book about gambling? Well, no, it don't say anything about tripping on LSD or cybercrime or pornography, but it does. It does. As a matter of fact, how big do you think your Bible would have to be if God named every sin man could come up with? You couldn't pull that Bible with a tractor trailer, <laughs> much less read it. So what God has done, and it's wonderful, he establishes us principles in the Word of God. Um, and these principles, under these principles comes a whole lot of things. Um, someone says, well, make this argument. I others love these arguments, they make. They, are, they, they make statements like this. Well, you know, the Lord, he, he grew the marijuana, so you know it's not a sin to smoke it. Well, he, he creates snakes too, so you think it's okay if you kiss snakes? I mean, you know, he created cliffs, so you think it's all right to jump off of cliffs? And that reasoning is crazy today, but what it amounts to is they don't understand the biblical principle. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Now under that principle comes a lot of things. That means I shouldn't be a dope addict. That, should, that means I shouldn't get addicted to any kind of medication. It means I shouldn't be careful what I do with this body. It's a principle. God says, no, you're not. That body's not yours. That body's mine. I created it to please me. And sometimes we do things to our bodies. And we wonder, was well, that sin? You don't name the sin. But the principle is there. The principle. So we ought to, and so we are not damage it with drugs and other things to it, you know. Uh, Bible says, First Corinthians six twelve, all things are lawful for for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for, for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. He, he said, I can do some things. But here's the principle. I don't want to be under their power. I don't want to be under their control. So it is a principle that should dictate what we do. So first thing we got to realize that the Bible is a book of principles. And uh, so let me give you some definitions. All right, they're there on your list. You just need to fill them in. First of all, uh, some definitions. Spiritual principles. A plain statement, direction, 
of God's will as revealed in His Word. A plain statement, direction of God's will as revealed in His Word. Spiritual principles. Number two, conviction. A firm belief based on a scriptural principle I have engrafted that compels me to change how I live. Let me read you out again. A firm belief based upon a scriptural principle I have engrafted, added in. Y'all understand the thought the of grafting in, taking a branch and engrafting it in, and that, and that branch growing as one. James 1.21 Wherefore lay upon all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted, engrafted word which is able to save your soul. And be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That word becoming part of who we are. Not just something we hear, something we do. Being engrafted in. And so that's conviction. Now notice last word, standard. A rule I imposed upon myself to help me keep my conviction. All right? Scriptural principle yields a conviction and a conviction suggest a standard. I was asked the other day, and I've been asked this question many, many times, and so it wasn't the first. It's been said, do you wear a tie everywhere you go? I said, yes, sir. And let me tell you why I do. Years ago, I was reading my Bible, and I was reading in the Word of God where Paul said we're ambassadors of Christ. And I started looking up that word. An ambassador of the United States represents our country. We, they speak for our country. They represent our country. Highway patrolman represents the state of North Carolina. He literally does. And I, I, I enjoy meeting him at the restaurant. <laughs> I enjoy meeting him at the grocery store. But if I want a personal discussion with me, I really don't have time. You know? But anyway, they represent the state of North Carolina. Now, I read that I got to thinking, I'm an ambassador. Well, I'm an ambassador of Christ. And what brought about the conviction was, I've never seen a highway patrolman get out of his car and, and want to have a friendly discussion with someone dressed in an Hawaiian shirt and a straw hat and, and something. I've, I've never, to my knowledge, I've never, I've looked. I've never, never seen, but I have watched them get out. They, they got them, them uh, highway patrol uh, gray and that black stripe and, and dressed immaculate and, high, and I mean, they just look a certain way and so, because they represent 
Someone, and I got under conviction, I got to think it. If he can do that for the state of North Carolina, I'm an ambassador of a holy God. I'll address the best I can for a holy God. Now the standard is, I just want to die before I go. Now my conviction was based on a biblical principle that I read in the Word of God. So then my standard doesn't change. See, we have a lot of people. A young wife married two years and she's fixing a ham. Husband's watching her. She messed over and cut the end off of the ham. And he asked her, Honey, why'd you cut a good part of that ham off? She thought about it, giggled herself, said, well, I really don't know why. My mom always cut it off. So she picked up the phone and called, Mom, why all those years did you cut the end of the ham off? She giggled. She said, well, I really don't know. My mama did. So she calls her mama. And her mama, just an old-fashioned woman, said, why would you cut the end of the, uh, your ham off? She said, honey, because it wasn't thin the pot. <laughs> and that's what bothers me. Now, Matthew, come here and help me. I'll show you something. Now, Matthew's a preacher, and he's a fine young man. And, and say he's a, a pastor of this church, or will be a pastor someday. And, and, and young Christians come in and get saved, and he's preaching. And young Christians, as they grow in the things of God, they they will adopt His standards. They, he, he will He will uh, imprint or impress upon them His standards. Now, but somewhere, but sometimes. If, he's a right, if he does what I'm doing here tonight, he'll say, well, why do you believe that? Well, preacher, I believe that because you believe that. Well, hold it. Let me take a Bible and show you why I believe that. And hopefully you'll adopt this same scriptural principle to establish your convictions that you set your standards by. It's okay for young Christians, and, and, and I understand that. But somewhere, sometime, what happens if he messes up? And I'm going to kill him as soon as she gets done with him. Go sit down. What if he messes up? In a lot of ways, Jimmy. In a lot of ways, Jimmy. That's true. That's what I'm doing here tonight. That's why I'm screaming in the hall at you young couples that I want you to get in the book and know why you believe what you believe. I have some convictions. But I've, I've really taken my convictions and I've been testing them with the Word of God. I, I believe in... I, I have a conviction... Y'all be faithful 
Where did I get this? Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, Romans 10, 25. That's becoming, and my standard is every time the doors of the house of God's going to open, I'm going to walk through them. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, that, that's my conviction because it's a biblical standard. And years, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant, but I believe the Lord had me to do so. So years ago, me and Darlene, very young, very young. She read her Bible. <laughs> she, Neil, he had the hammer. <laughs> I'm going to put Neil in charge of him. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, years ago, we were very young. And, and we were in church, and we was reading and studying our Bible. And, 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 and Darling reading the Bible, um, Deuteronomy, uh, about women's dress and Modesty. And I remember the day she come to me, she said, Honey, she said, I I I the Lord just really convicted me. I I I just are you okay if I wear a dress? And and it's been I don't guess I've seen her in anything but a dress in thirty years. For I pastored. And it was established because in the Bible she got a, a conviction, she got a principle, and that was produced a conviction, and but then the standard come out of a conviction. I'm not here to dictate your standards for you tonight. I'm simply saying when you get in the Word of God and you let the Word of God establish your, your convictions, then your convictions ought to establish your standards. Standards is like sideboards on a truck. Keeps it on the truck. That's all standards are. And that's the reason why. I love this. I, I just love, and I love this boy. Don't get me wrong. You and you never know how much I love my, do you understand I love my grandsons, my grandchildren? I love my grandson, I love my granddaughter. And Elijah at school, at uh, Temple, they got a, they got a standard. He's got to wear his hair a certain way. He's got to dress a certain way. And he can't have no facial hair. And, uh, so he comes on for Christmas. What's the first thing he does? What's the first thing he does? He grew him a beard. Or a goatee or something. I don't know what you call that. He grew, he grew something out there. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that brings me to the second point. God's Word. God's Word was on him, but not in him. Temple's Word was on him, he's going to honor their, their code, but that's not his conviction. He, don't, he, he didn't, and the reason why, because as soon as he come home, he, he grew him a, 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 what do you call them? Beard? He grew him a beard. Now that, what that told me was this, that's their conviction, he's going to honor that. That's their standard, he's on, and he should. He should, but that's not in him. That's not his. See, that's the reason why that uh, we have standards in our church. I love the standards we got in our church. 
I, I appreciate the ladies that, that, that dress properly in our church. I, I appreciate that. I thank God for that. I really do. And I appreciate our church, how we do. I, I, I thank God for that. And I know sometimes we get in the bind, we get off from work, and to get to church, you got to come straight here. I'm okay with that. But here's the thing. You know, have all of that. Then you go home and strip off naked. I no convictions at all. That is, it's on you, but it ain't in you. See, the ideal is, is we have, we, and we've seen an epidemic of young people abandoning the way they were raised to believe by thousands. And what's happened? They live respectfully by their parents, pastor's standards, daddy mama's standards, and many times they've enrolled in Christian schools and only when they get the opportunity to throw it all away. What happened? Truth is, they didn't give up any belief. Now listen, they didn't give up any belief. They're now publicly expressing what they've always believed. They've always believed that. See, it's one thing to live obediently at home or parents and rules. But I'm going to ask you something. When they're out from underneath that, what do they do? But when young people want to please God, when it's in their heart, and we can instill in the heart of the young people in our church, please God, please God, please God. When they get out of school, They'll still want to please God. That word's engrafted, the principles have become their convictions and their standards and are true to themselves. And they continue to be true to God. Kelsey was 10 years old. She's playing at a public playground around a group of neighborhood girls who dressed like a lost kid's dress. Kelsey was dressed in a modest dress. Really said, why are you dressed so weird? She replied, because I believe it pleases Jesus. And I'm a girl, so I want to dress like a girl. And I'm a Christian. And I want to dress modestly like a Christian. I want to please God. On the way home, parents asked Kelsey how she felt about all that. And she said, well, it's no problem. She said, because it's really a small thing for me to do for Jesus. See, and adults have as much problems with this as teenagers. Uh, we don't want to dress weird. We don't want to be... We, we want to dress like the world. We don't want to be an embarrassment. We don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want to be looked at and feeling, man, you're old-fashioned, you're, you're, you're weird, you're fanatic. We don't, we, we don't want that. And sometimes we're embarrassed to stand out and, and often live in ways that don't please Jesus. But I'm asking you a question. Do you want to please Him? The attitude is everything. And if the attitude is, I want to please God, then that becomes the motive behind me having all my standards. 
It's not because I want to be weird or stand out or be different. And let me tell you, we're seeing today, even in the Christian community, even in the so-called Christian community, that that is challenged more than I've ever seen it in my days. Men that used to have a conviction of, of uh, I, 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 I've been, a, I'm honest with you, I've been to hospitals and, 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 uh, well, I'm not even going to go there. But the, the change, they move, their, their convictions have, have moved. And here's what I'm wondering, what, 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 did you, what did you establish that to begin with? Boy, I, 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 I've got some conviction, but I've tried to, to truly, uh, my conviction, not my preferences. Now I have a lot of preferences too, and I have to divide the two in my own heart. For instance, I, uh, I, I prefer um, um, McDonald's <laughs> over uh, somewhere else usually. I, I, I have preference. And, and by the way, your preference should never become your conviction. I may prefer to, to like this kind of ice cream. You may like this. That's preference. We all not never make that a conviction. But our convictions ought to be established from the Word of God. Well, I have a conviction about it. Uh, years ago, years ago, and I'm, I'm just being very transparent. When me and Darlene got married, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't make nothing, and she was praying up with Connie and and we didn't have nothing. And my gosh, it's a struggle. It's, how many members those days? It's a struggle, good Lord. And, and, and they, the pastor's talking about tithing. I can't afford to tithe. Lord have mercy, I can't afford to tithe. Boy, I thank God he, he helped me. He took the Bible and helped me to understand why I can't afford not to tithe. And I took that principle from the Word of God and that became my conviction. And now my conviction is, I don't care what else happens, God's going to get His money first. I can't handle my cars being cursed. Say amen right there. I can't handle God. I, I, I heard a preacher say one time that God get everybody ties. Everybody ties. Some pay at that doctor's office. Some pay at the at, at Lowe's Hardware buying this. Some some pays it at the garage. But everybody ties. Well, I tell you, I, I God's going to get His part. Matt, when I get my check, God gets His part first, and He gets a full amount and extra. You know why? Because it's my conviction and my standard. Because I read in the Word of God where God said He'll bless you if you do so and curse you if you don't. So God's Word is a book of principles. God's Word, it's either in them or on them. I fear for our young people in our church. I'll watch some of our young people in our church. And I fear for them. Because no matter how much they've heard, no matter how much they've been preached to, no matter how much they've been taught, it's not getting in. Think we'll bring a drill Sunday and drill holes in their head. And pour, see if we can pour it in the funnel. It's not getting in. 
it's, it's just not getting in. I fear for some young couples in our church, this principle, it's not getting in. And I pray for you. I beg God every day. It's not getting in. See, when, 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 when your standards, when your standards, when your standards are birthed out of anything other than the Word of God, because you see, if we build our standards, now a young Christian, you know, those of you that's in the youth ministry, bless God, he's got some good standards. You ought to adopt them, but God help us. We got to teach them why. But here's the thing. If I build my standards on this, guess what this is? It never changes to any generation. What worked in the beginning works now. What worked in generations in days gone by works in generations now. What is truth then is truth now. It is always relevant and it never. But if you're not, then your standards vary. I can almost watch people and tell you where they're at with the Lord. You can almost watch their life and you can just see. You can see when they're not where they need to be and you see when they are when they aren't because our standards. And it's always shifting. It's always shifting. May our standards be that would be settled. It's sure because it's on the Word. How many believe this Word's true and settled? Do you believe that? It's not going to change. Then last of all, God's Word is lost by degree. What do I mean by that? It means when we lose biblical principles, we don't lose them all at once. We lose them by degrees. We start chipping into them by degree. Uh... I'll just take one being faithful. Okay, how many believes the Bible says forsaken not this sin? How many believes that? That's the word of God. How many believes that's the truth? That's a biblical principle, by the way. Okay? Okay, that means, that means that my conviction is that when the doors of the house of God, can I stop and say this? 1980, again, being very transparent. Our life was a mess. Our life was absolutely a mess. In 1980, me and, me and Miss Stein sat down and we decided and got a conviction that when the doors of the house of God opened, we were going to walk through them. And I, I remember saying, I'll tell you this, honey, I will never ask that question in this home ever again. Are we going to church tonight? I said, that question is gone. Wednesday, we get ready. Sunday morning, we get ready. Sunday night, we get No matter what, it's time that we've been sick. And boy, you're lately getting older. I never was out, but 
man, I'm just getting older. God, help me. I'm asking God for a new body. He'll give me one one of these days too. But, well, I said, Sunday night, we're going to get ready. It's never question that conviction. But let's say that, and that standard is, that's what we do. That's what we do. Now, here's how it starts though. Well, well, uh, honey, I, I know we got the conviction. We need all to go. But I, I just tell you, I'm, I'm just so tired. I, I, just, I just don't think I can make it tonight. And after all, we're faithful all the time anyway. So it, it, it'd be okay just one time. And we start chipping away at it. That's your conviction. <coughs> Faithfulness. Well, you know, we'll we're, we're just give out some. We'll we're, we're just, you know, we got it. We'll just, it, it's okay. It won't hurt nothing. And, you, you know, you, you, got, you do understand, don't you? And I do understand. But I don't understand it enough to chip away my conviction. And then, well, I, I, I tell you, you know, um, um, uh, well, we got this to do. We got we got that to do, or we got this to do, and it starts chipping away. It starts chipping away, and it starts chipping away, and it starts chipping away. It starts pretty soon, pretty soon. It's all the conviction y'all left. It did happen once, and for you know it, your family's out of the house of God, sir. Before you know it, you and her are fussing fine. Before you know it, you are the will of God. And before you know it, you're just in a bad place and don't even know how you got there. Hey, you got it. Word of God's lost in by degrees. Now let me say this to every young family in this church. It's not just about you. It's just not about you. Until these children get grown, who's reckoning that Aslan's convictions are going to get? Where's she going to get her convictions? Has she got her Bible down and read through it all yet? No, she don't stand still long enough. Hey, your boys taller read through the Bible yet? So I reckon where they're going to get their convictions from. You know where we got my convictions from? When I was seven years old, my daddy got saved. Dacker's go Baptist church. He drug us every week. Drug us to church Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And it was never a question. That's where I got my convictions. I watched him sit on the bed and Fill out a tithe envelope, and he didn't make he didn't make nothing. He made nothing. I see him do that every week, and I thought, man, he does that. He had a conviction. If you come to my house, he'd give you something. I never understood that. I'd say, Lord God, they don't need nothing. Lord, uh, we need to keep our food. He's giving our food away. But you know what? I got a conviction that he, he told us. I talked words to God, but as, as now he's dead. He's gone. 
He's been to heaven since 1991. Praise God. Praise God. When I got my Bible down and established those same convictions, they didn't change because he had some good convictions. I established them with the Word of God. said, I believe I'll just keep doing them. Just doing them. But if it never becomes something we do because we love God and believe the principles of this book, we'll not do it very long. Let me help you. God help us as pastor. God help me. Jimmy was right. Part of that would be my fault. And youth workers and Sunday school teachers teach these principles because you will not, don't miss this, nobody lives long on somebody else's standards. And if you don't have you don't have convictions, you won't have standards very long. But nobody lives forever on somebody else's standards. Do you know what you believe? Do you know why you believe it? So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight.